Hello, Cathedral family. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It is so great to see everybody, wherever you're at on campus and those who are watching online. Today we wrap up a series entitled Earth, Wind, and Fire, and we've been looking at a book in the Bible called the book of Acts. And in that book, we find stories of how the wind of God and the fire of God touched the earth and the life of the early church. And our prayer all this month has been, God, what happened back then, let it happen today. Let the wind blow, let the fire fall and touch this piece of earth called the Cathedral of Faith. And all God's people said, amen. Now to kick things off as we wrap up this final weekend, I thought we'd do something a little bit different to introduce the big idea for the weekend. I thought we'd start things off with a lip sync competition. That's a little different. And so two of our staff members are coming to lip sync one of the classic Earth, Wind, and Fire songs, and I need you to help me judge which one does the best. Now, first of all, representing the new school here at Cathedral of Faith, she's been the director of global events for about two years. She's the strength of Samoa. She's the beauty of the bay. Would you give a great big welcome to Holy Jolie Guacamole? Here she comes. second member of the competition, he's, he represents old school here at Cathedral. He's been the director of our band for over 25 years. He's the prince of the piano, the king of composers. Would you give a great big welcome to Tommy the Terminator Tomasello. So you need to help me decide how many think that Jolie was the winner. Let's hear it. How many think Tommy was the winner? Let me hear it. 
Well, I'm going to have to go pastoral and call it a tie. And everybody gets a participation trophy. How about a big hand again for Tommy and Jolie in helping us to kick things off. Believe it or not, they just preached the sermon. They did. I have to say a few more things, but they preached the message, and the message is this. If you sing a song today, you will make a better way. Would you say that with me? If you sing a song today, you will make a better way. I want to say the first half, and then you say the second half. If you sing a song today... If you sing a song today, you already know the sermon, but let me say a few more things. The Bible says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Sing a song. I read an article that had to do with lullabies. We've been singing lullabies for at least 4,000 years. But recently, this article pointed out that parents today, only one in five parents with children under five still sing lullabies to them. Singing lullabies is trending down, and yet science says that one of the best things you can do for your kids is to sing to them. That when you sing to them, that has a way of calming them twice, twice better than it does if you talk to them. That singing can actually boost their language development. And singing can even help be a factor in reducing pain. In other words, science says, if you sing a song today, you will make a better way. And then when it comes to the church, oh my, when it comes to the church... I heard about a little girl and she had a great time at church and she went home and she was walking around the house singing a song. But instead of singing, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice, she was saying, I love you, Lord, and I lift my noise. (laughs) And there's got to be someone here that identifies with that girl because when you sing, it's like making noise. And that's why you never sing. You never sing anywhere. You don't sing in the car. You don't sing in the shower. And you're certainly not going to sing in church. The Bible says to love your neighbor. And if I started singing, that wouldn't show very much love to my neighbor. And so the last thing you will ever do, not in a million years, would you ever sing a song in church. Surveys show that 25% of people in church, they sing all the time. 50%, they can go either way. But 25% never, ever sing in church. And I get it. I understand. But here's what I ask you to do. Don't check out on me just yet. As we look at what the Bible has to say about the power of a song being on your lips with a little pastoral nudge, maybe this is the day you put your toe in the water. It may start as a whisper or a mumble. 
It may be out of time or out of tune. I saw a picture I loved. It said, that awkward moment you start singing before the worship team does. (laughs) Don't you hate when that happens? But whether you lift your voice or you lift your noise, the Bible says make a joyful noise to the Lord. Either way, it's a great expression to God for the goodness that he has in our lives. Amen. Sing a song of praise today and you will make a better way. Sing a song, sing a song of praise as we jump into the story found in Acts chapter 16. That's what two people are doing. Paul and Silas were missionaries. The Bible says that Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were singing. Do we have any Dodger fans in the house? All right, everybody's welcome here at Cathedral of Faith, amen. (laughs) I remember the last time, very specifically, the Dodgers won in the World Series. They beat my team, the Athletics. And the MVP of that World Series was a pitcher by the name of Oral Hershiser. And after the World Series, I was watching The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson as the host. And he was interviewing Oral Hershiser about something that happened during the World Series. The camera had caught him. It was either on the mound or in the dugout. And he was moving his lips, but nobody knew what he was saying. And so Johnny asked him, what were you saying? And he said, I wasn't saying, I was singing. And they said, well, what were you singing? And he didn't want to answer. And the crowd prodded him. And finally, he said, okay, if you really want me to, this is what I was singing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Right there on the Tonight Show, he sings the doxology. Whether it was on the baseball field or on the Tonight Show, there was his song of praise on his lips. One of the ways we praise God is through song. And when you step back and look at it, human beings have been wired to praise. It's in our DNA. That's why whenever you and I go to a concert and a singer does a good job, or when we're at a seminar and the guy gives a good talk, or when we're at a baseball game and the guy makes a great play, there's something inside of us that wants to respond to that. Look at the way praise works itself out in your daily life. The parent who praises the character of the child or the boss who praises the performance of an employee or the husband who praises his wife, sort of. There's this one husband, he said, my wife's an angel. She's always up in the air harping about something. (laughs) Human beings have been wired to praise. And when we take the way that we've been wired and we direct it toward God, what could be more appropriate than that? God has been so good to us. And when we lift our voice up with the psalmist and we say, praise the Lord. Praise him, you who serve the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let us praise the name of the Lord both now and forever. 
From the sunrise in the east to the sunset in the west, may the name of the Lord be praised. Can we give God praise? Amen. He's worthy of our praise and our adoration. And when we praise God through song, it's not the only way, but it's one of the most powerful ways. One of the most important people in the history of the church was a man by the name of Martin Luther. He was the leader of the Reformation, brilliant theologian, persuasive preacher. And he dabbled a bit in music, and here's what he would do. He would take the popular pub songs of the day, and he would rewrite them. And he would turn that pub song into a praise song that they would sing in church. And some of those pub songs turned praise songs were so popular, 600 years later, we're still singing them. In fact, if you grew up in church like I did, you have probably sang or heard this song before. Seti, can you help me out? A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing, our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Thank you, Seti. Great job with the mighty fortress. He loved music, Martin Luther did. In fact, other than the word of God, he thought that music was the greatest treasure that God had given the world. And he said this about somebody who doesn't have an appreciation for the treasure of music that God gave to us. He said, a person who does not regard music as a marvelous creation of God should be permitted to hear nothing but the braying of donkeys and the grunting of hogs. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Martin. When we take the treasure that God has given to the world music and we use it to express our praise to God, there's something powerful in that moment. We see this happen time and time throughout the book of Acts. When the early church is born, it says, we hear them declaring the wonders of God. When the early Gentile church is born, we read, they also heard them praising God. And then in Acts chapter 16, in our story, it says Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Hymns. These were songs that they had learned, songs that had been written by somebody else, but in that moment, they take those words and they make them their own. My wife and I, this Tuesday we will celebrate our 36th anniversary. She's right over here in the front row. I love my wife. We were the original Beauty and the Beast, amen. And so I, I was looking, it's our anniversary, and I found a card. Spoiler alert, honey, this is the card I'm gonna give to you on anniversary. And, and see if you like this card if you think this will pass. It says, the first time you kissed me, I could swear time stopped. But maybe it was just my heart 
Happy anniversary to the one who still stops my heart. I love you. (laughs) The reason I love cards is because unlike some of the right brain folks in the room, you sit down to write a note to someone you love and this beautiful lyrical poetry comes out from nowhere. For the rest of us, that's kind of hard. So I go and I try to find a card that says what I want to say to my wife. And when I give her that card in that moment, those words become my words. I make them my own and express how I feel to my wife. And the same thing happens when it comes to worship when we sing lyrics that have been written to by somebody else in that moment, that music becomes my music and those lyrics become my lyrics so I can use them to express how I feel toward God and what I think about God. When I sing a song of praise to God, if you sing a song today, if you sing a song today, even if you're not Carrie Underwood, I found this YouTube video and Carrie's husband and Carrie are both singing to their baby, but watch how the baby responds to each of them. The good news today is even when you're not Carrie Underwood, when you lift up your voice and you sing a song of praise to God, you can sense God's smile upon your life. Can we give God praise? We serve an amazing God. And that brings us to the next part of the story. Sing a song of praise at midnight. Anyone can sing when it's daylight. But when you sing a song of praise at midnight, one of the most powerful moments, truly, of my entire life happened when I was in here. In Argentina, I went to visit a maximum security prison. These were bad dudes. And I went in to have a chapel service with them. And 900 inmates walked into that chapel with no guards. It was me and 900 inmates that looked like these were really tough guys. I mean, black hole type of guys. Muscles on their muscles, tattoos on their tattoos. 
No guards were present because no guards were needed. These 900 guys had come together to worship God. And as I stood in the middle of them, and we locked arms, and I heard these 900 guys begin to sing praises to God, it still makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. It was such a powerful moment, praise that happened in the middle of a prison. And this right here is where Paul and Silas are when they sing their songs. They are stuck in prison, maximum security prison. Not because they did something wrong, but because they did something right. They went to visit a town called Philippi. It was known as the Little Rome of the Roman Empire. And as they arrive in this town, a female slave runs up to them. She was possessed by demons, and the owner of the slaves, this slave, they made money off of her because they used her as a fortune teller. When she has an encounter with Paul and Silas, Paul delivers her, casts the demons out by the power of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen to that? The power of Jesus to set you free. So now she's free. You would think that her owners would have been so glad that she's free. This girl is free from the torment. But instead of being glad, they're mad. Because it impacted their pocketbooks. And so they have Paul and Silas arrested on trumped up charges. They have them thrown into prison. Let me read to you what happens to Paul and Silas. They were whipped without mercy. Then they were thrown into prison. Then the jailer fastened their feet so they couldn't get away. This is where they were when they sang their song of praise. And that's the big takeaway for someone this weekend. Someone needs to hear that. When you find yourself in a painful place, when you find yourself in difficult circumstance, in a prison, they can lock you up on the outside, but you still have the freedom to sing your song on the inside. When, amen. Don't lose your freedom. I've seen it. You can put two people in the same difficult situations. One loses their song, one uses their song. And today, somebody needs to take back their song. You may have taken away my freedom, but you cannot take away my song. The prison had them locked up on the outside, but not on the inside. They sang, they sang praise from the prison. The Bible said Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God from the prison. From the prison, but not for the prison. This is a very important distinction to make. They were singing from the prison, but not for the prison. We don't sing for the evil things that happen in our lives. It was evil choices and evil people who would put Paul in prison. And we don't sing praise 
for the evil. It distorts our understanding of the character of God. God is not an evil God. God is good and all the time. But what we do is we praise God, not for the evil, for the prison. We praise God from the prison. Because we know that God can take everything that happens in our lives, good things, bad things, God can take all things and work them together for my good and for his glory. Let's give him praise. He's an amazing, amazing God. The Bible says in that moment, other prisoners were listening to them. These other prisoners, they had heard songs at midnight before. They had. They had heard guys scream. They had heard guys curse. They had heard guys singing the blues. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. But this song of praise, it's different. It's compelling. And when you begin to sing a, pro, a, a song of praise at midnight, anybody can sing a song when it's daylight. But if you sing a song of praise at midnight, others may be listening to you. Your kids may be listening to you. Your friends may be listening to you. Your teammates may be listening to you. When you sing a song of praise, even when it's midnight in your life, it's a testimony to the authentic, overcoming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and can be a transformative element in their life. Amen. There was a lady by the name of Fanny Crosby. When she was born, she was, well, not long after she was born, she contracted a disease that took away her eyesight. She was blind for the rest of her life. Imagine what it would be like to live in that kind of prison of blindness. That's the kind of thing you talk about getting bitter or negative or sour over. But instead of losing her song, she decided to use her song. And what she did, she started to write songs. She wrote over 9,000 songs of worship and praise from that prison of darkness. And if you grew up in church like I did, I'm sure you've heard or sung one of her songs. Pastor Vaughn, can you help me out? This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Vaughn. That song was written from the prison of darkness. Take back your song today. And that brings us to the last movement in this story. Sing a song of praise at midnight and get ready for an earthquake the Bible says suddenly suddenly there was a powerful earthquake it shook the prison from the top to the bottom all at once the prison doors flew open 
everyone's chains came loose. When you begin to sing a song of praise, it has a way of shaking things up. Doors open, chains fall off. Let me uh, get interactive for a moment. How many of you were born outside of the Bay Area? Let me see your hands. All those who were born outside of the Bay Area. I was born in the Midwest. So we moved here to the Bay Area. And we moved here and we found that there's beautiful weather. Can somebody say amen for that? We found we're the hub of technology. Can somebody say amen to that? We found that there's mountains and there's oceans. Can somebody say amen to that? And we also found that we moved into earthquake territory. When I was writing this sermon, I went to the geological site and the seismologists actually calculate how many earthquakes we have every day. And here's what I found, that when I was writing this, we had had one earthquake in the past 24 hours, 24 earthquakes in the past seven days, 381 earthquakes in the last 30 days. That's a whole lot of shaking going on. (laughs) When you move to the Bay Area, you are moving into earthquake territory. And when you move into praise at the midnight hour, Get ready. Get ready. Say that with me. Get ready. Because when you move into praise at the midnight hour, you're moving into earthquake territory where doors start to open and chains start to fall off. Let's give God praise for what he does through the power of praise. Well, in earthquake territory, you'll find that Praise has a way of shaking off your fear and your anxiety and your depression. I was watching TV a few nights ago, and there's this brother and sister team. They were walking on the high wire across Times Square, and it was 25 stories high, about a quarter mile long. Here they are on national TV walking across the wire. And the sister, talk about, well, having confidence to get back up on the wire. Two years earlier, she had taken a bad fall and broke every bone in her face. The the trauma of that could just paralyze you. But she was able to work through her fear, press past her fear, get back on the wire And they had mic'd them up so you could hear their conversation. But instead of getting a conversation, they heard her sing a song and listened to the song that she was singing. Sang praises all the way to the other end of the high wire. She sang past her fear. She sang through her anxiety. And friend, praise has a way of doing that. 
when you begin to sing a song of praise, it's one of the ways you can shake off your fear, shake off your anxiety, shake off your depression. Praise moves you into earthquake territory. You can shake in the presence of God. The the Bible says that God is omniscient. That means that God is everywhere all the time. God is always present. But what praise does, it invites God to manifest his presence. It says, God, your power is welcome here. God, your glory is welcome here. It invites God to show up. And when God's invited to the party, God has a way of showing up at the party. When you begin to praise him, it's an invitation. And when God shows up, joy has a way of showing up. And peace has a way of showing up. And freedom has a way of showing up. When you begin to praise God, his kingdom comes and his will is done and his rulership is established. The psalmist said, God, you are enthroned on the praises of your people. Can we give God praise? Hallelujah. We're moving into earthquake territory. We really are. Shake off that anxiety and depression. Invite the presence of God to manifest itself. And then finally, it shakes up the powers of darkness and the enemy. I mean, what's the devil gonna do? He's done his very worst. He's beat you, he's locked you up, and he's taunting you. Look where you're at, look at the situation you're in. You might as well give up on yourself and give up on God but when you still sing a song of praise what else can he do the Bible says that in that moment your praise becomes a spiritual weapon against your spiritual adversary the psalmist says Lord you have made sure that children and infants praise you you have done it because of your enemies You have done it to put a stop to their talk. If you want to shut up the devil, start singing a song of praise to God. Amen. It has a way of shutting up and shutting down the devil. Amen. In fact, boy, there's something in my spirit right now. I want us to do that. Jessica, come on out here. I want us to begin to just shut up and shut down the devil as we sing our song of praise at midnight. Lead us, Jessica.
what we're going to do. Amen. I, I read about this man who was driving in Canada and he got pulled over by the police and they gave him a ticket for singing too loud. This is true. They have an ordinance in that city. You can't make certain levels of noise. And this guy was just singing and singing and singing. And they gave him a citation and he told the police, how can you not sing to this song? And I thought to myself, exactly. When I begin to think about how good God's been to me, how amazing God is, how can I not sing to that song? And so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have what I call here at Cathedral, some freestyle praise. Robert Butler, come on out here. Robert's going to sing a song, and I'm going to invite you. Again, whatever you're comfortable with. If you want to stand, if you want to lift your hands, if you want to clap. We used to have, in old school, I can remember people getting so excited about what God had done for them. They'd run the aisles. You remember that? But whatever you'd like to do, in fact, we may even create, a, you know, instead of a mosh pit, let's call it a praise pit down here. Amen. But here's what I'm going to encourage everyone. At some point, at some point in this song, dip your toe in. It may be a whisper. It may be a mumble. But just lift up your voice in song, in praise to God. And let's invite the power and presence and glory of God into this house today. Amen. All right, Robert, are you ready? Here we go. Presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. I can feel it in the atmosphere here. The presence of the Lord is here. Oh, yeah, yeah. The presence of the Lord is the Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. I can feel it in the atmosphere. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. I feel it. The power of the 
I'm 